everyone and welcome to a new episode of PR Not BS with me Fiona Scott. I hope you're having a great day today, a great week, a great month. I hope 2024 in its early days is looking brilliant for you so far. I'm joined today by a really good friend in business and a client too called Dave Nelson and I'm not going to say anything else about him because I'm going to let Dave introduce himself. Dave, welcome. Hello Fee, Uh, thanks very much for, for having me on your podcast. I've now been in business with Truffle and Time. Started it in November twenty, so uh, it's uh, we're a little bit old, uh, over three years old now. Uh, just done another Christmas trade, which was great. Lots of hampers, lots of catering. Based in Sherston near Malmesbury, and it's a, a business that was really born out of necessity. I'd say in in uh, in, the, in the middle of COVID. Uh, you know, hospitality and events and catering has always been my background, but it was something that I, I really thought I need to do something. And what can I do? And Truffle and Time uh, was uh, was born three and three and a little bit years later. Still here and thoroughly enjoying it. So take us right back then, Dave. I mean, where were you born and brought up, and what was your career before Truffle and Time came about? Some forty-five years ago, ish. Born in London, but um, soon moved out to the Hampshire borders. Grew up, went to school uh, near Farnham in Surrey. Then uh, did a bit of boarding school um, out in Berkshire near Reading University in Southampton, doing business management, and then scooted up to London after that. And that's where I started my professional career in, in catering and events. Thinking back, I'd really, in my first job, when I was a teenager, was working in a fish and chip shop. Um, then Waitrose, fruit and veg. Uh, university, I worked in a hotel in the restaurants. And then after that, uh, to university, uh, after university, um, straight up to London, catering company and uh, events and operations for them uh, as a manager. And then seven or eight years living in London and still with the same company and working in various different positions within the business. And we moved out to the West Country, carried on working as did HSBC events. Um, I ran Bath Cricket Clubs, hospitality and catering. My last position just before COVID was working um, in the village, actually, where I, where I live, running the Angel Hotel, cafe, restaurant, event space. And, and then obviously COVID, COVID came along and ran amok and, and then truffle in time. So when you were a bit like me, uh, 15 years ago, where you were faced with a change and you decided to create Truffle and Time, how did that name come about and what kind of business did you want it to be? Faced with, in the middle of COVID, everyone was struggling, but hospitality, uh, there weren't many avenues. And I thought, well, what can I do? What, what, do I, what am I allowed to do and what can I do from home? So um, I knew there was a, tra- a trend in grazing, which is a sort of newish concept of reinvention of the sort of slightly sad-looking beige buffet of the 1970s, uh, <laughs> and uh, using lots of you know amazing artisanal products and produce. At the time, it, you, you could make these deliveries to, to people's homes and I, grazing boxes for two, four, six people. So I thought, well, look, I'm going to go from there. I'm going to create a business centered around that and started planning that in the uh, early spring summer of 20 speaking to my designer friend pat pat stark and um uh, we got to the point where he said you need you need a name dave so and it said i need six names just thinking i got to five and i said 
need one more, I need one more. Oh, truffling time. And um, I gave him the list and um, he said, that's the one, truffling time. And he said, don't like any of the other ones, truffling time. And that was, that was the one that I gave the least amount of thought to really. But he said, you know, thinking about where you want to be heading with the business, your sort of market, that's the one. It works from a branding position, uh, from a quality perspective, where you're trying to aim. Um, so yeah, we're going to go with that. So yes, uh, thinking about all the produce and the products I really want to eat, I make sure I was using the best cheeses, the best cured meats, the best of everything that I could get my hands on. Immediately was staring at Christmas uh, 2020 and then thought, well, I've got all this, these products, Christmas hampers. Um, and uh, it was the Christmas hampers that really took off um, from the get-go. The grazing boxes were quite a slow burn and only came into their own in sort of January, February, March the following year. But um, Christmas hampers were, 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 were where the business went initially. And Dave, I've got to ask you this. I mean, are you a foodie? Are you like a chef or a cook or just a great lover of good food? Talk, talk to us about that. To any, any of my friends, anyone who knows me, I'm a massive foodie at heart. Um, I've never been trained as a chef, but having spent a lot of time in and around commercial kitchens, helping uh, as well at times within all the businesses that I, I have worked with in my professional career, I just bar osmosis really, uh, you know, learned a huge amount and um, really took that to another level when I joined Bath Cricket Club and their hospitality operation. Uh, when I'd moved to the West Country, became sort of chef manager there. So I was running the kitchen and very hands-on. You know, I was doing all the food as well as the management side of it. And it really tapped into my, my creativity. You know, I, I love really getting hands-on with the food and creating menus. And this was really, from Truffle and Time's perspective, where the development of the business has come along um, in the, the most recent sort of year, 18 months where catering has become allowed, if you like, because during COVID, um, you couldn't really have events and parties. Uh, but it was always an area where I wanted to push things uh, towards and now becomes a much more rounded business where I've got the gifting and the grazing and the hampers side of the business, the boxes, but also the catering side. Okay, so when you started Truffling Times, you're running your own show. Did you ever have anyone in your family who was an entrepreneur that you think you learned from at all? Because I didn't, and I'm just wondering if you did. No, I, my, my father was not really an entrepreneur. He always worked for other businesses. Um, my, my cousin is Hugh Furley Whittingstall, although um slightly estranged we don't know that side of the family particularly well but there was always you know knowing that and watching him uh, and knowing a bit about him obviously quite big in the, in the food field but my sort of entrepreneurial spirit really came from working very closely um straight after university with um, William of William Norris and Catering. And then after that, when I came down to the West Country, I, I started working for another true out and out entrepreneur. And I, it just, I, I felt I, I really embodied what they were, how they worked. And I really enjoyed how they worked. Um, and I, I sort of became part of me and pushed me forward. 
I like the creativity, the ability to to go in the direction he wants to go. But um, so far as my family side of things, no, no not I didn't, never grew up with an entrepreneur. And what do you think were your biggest learnings in your first year, the things you were not expecting to deal with? Gosh, um, well, that first that first year was was really feeling it all out um, because it was a home based business. You know, obviously, I'd always been used to working in commercial kitchens and having that ability to to go to an office and uh, or go to a kitchen and um, have a have a a space there that was designated to running the business. But then, in that first year, I had to. I had to do everything from home in and around the the family life. So that meant I had to get up at two, three, four in the morning, do everything that I needed to do from a business perspective, you know, the hands-on sort of food prep side downstairs in the kitchen space um, before anyone else got up and about and, um, and then clean down and then, be ready for for the family to get up and operate and do what they needed to do and um it was a you know covid was a, a, a very uh, weird and wonky time but i had to make sure that i was um from a food prep perspective being uh, food safe and that meant not having a family around when when um i was i was taking over the downstairs kitchen um so business not just in year one but two to three and seeing how it evolves you know, predominantly working by myself still but obviously that's beginning to change now with the events side of the business um it was all a real learning curve you know again I, all the businesses i've been part of i had teams around me i had other chefs i had other front of house managers and teams of waiters and waitresses um but suddenly it was all me um, the numbers side, the food prep side, the washing up, the you know, you know, changing hats constantly, uh, learning about PR, uh, learning about marketing. Uh, you know, an amazing learning curve, an amazing uh, experience, utterly exhausting at times, but totally gratifying um, at the same time. Um, fully end to end, you know, brilliant. Uh, loved it, um, and. Um, you know, really, really knowing your business inside and out. Okay, let's get, let's let's get real then, Dave. Um, name a couple of mistakes you think you've made. Looking back, and you think, yeah, I wouldn't do that again. Um, okay, so in those early sort of year eighteen months, um, you're not in a position an awful lot of the time to bargain. Uh, you, you get approached. Um, a lot of the time, and there was one particular business uh, event um, that I took on that I, I definitely undercharged, <laughs> undercharged for. And I think, I think you know, when you're starting out in business, you're it's very easy to do that. Um, you don't quite know your worth. You don't feel like you've got the credibility. Um, it's it's all new, and um, quite often a big business might come and and it did. It came and um, uh, with this great offer to get my brand out there and um, I spent far too much time and far too much effort and um, uh, energy thinking back I should have probably stuck to my guns with regards to price points and knowing my quality but I, I think certainly that I've learned that 
you know, serenity years down the line that you, you mustn't undersell yourself. You mustn't. Um, uh, it's easy for me to say that now, um, and I'm sure you know other people who are a year down the line, eighteen months down the line, will, will get the very same offers. But um, um, my only bit of advice would be to, to you know what, stick to your guns, price it properly, um, uh, because. They might, whoever it might be, say yes, and we'll carry on using you, and we'll, you know, there'll be more business down the line. But actually, well, you've just got to price it on, based on that particular job. Um, so, stick to your guns. Stick yeah, to your guns. I totally agree with you there. But we all do it in the first, probably in my case, three or four years. We all do that, and sometimes because sometimes we're quite desperate to prove ourselves. I think there's a desperation <laughs> in there. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, because you. You know, you're you're flying by the seat of your pants uh, to a degree. Um, there's no givens and uh, in any of it. So, um, and it's all part of the learning curve. Um, and I think you 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 almost need to go through it to 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 understand uh, yourself and your business a bit better. Um, uh, but it's, it's a tricky one. Yeah, hindsight is a wonderful thing. But also, I think it's that thing of realising that it's okay to say no to people. Not everyone's your customer. But at the beginning, when you're a little bit desperate and you're growing, you tend to think you have to say yes to everything. And you don't sometimes pause to think, is this a good deal for me? Is this a good use of my time? Yes, yes, you're quite right. You're quite right. And, it, you know, it. I've got I've got that job under my belt. I can still refer back to it. I can still you know ignoring the numbers. It's got a big brand associated to it, which you know that now that does add credibility to me. But at the time, it it probably hurt my bottom line more than it should have. But I'm still here. I'm still swimming, um, and it's. I have to look at it as a positive lesson. It's done now. Yeah, but if they came back again, your conversation with them w- would be different, wouldn't it, Dave? Yes, it would. It would be definitely. And um, I, you know, I am still in contact with that with that um, that particular company, and the door would always be open. And I would hope that they would come back because I know that they they had they told me that they had never had so much positive engagement through a uh, through an event that they wanted to, to host so it, it worked very well for them and um hold on to that and and hope that it, it might come around again and we can have another conversation okay when you started out then in that first year what did pr mean to you if anything pr yes it was it was a bit a bit like a world unknown to me really um I sort of encompass. I looked at PR, and it, it encompassed a whole lot of things that I just didn't quite understand. Uh, I could understand how to make it relevant to me. So, was after after a year, a year and eighteen months of of scrabbling around and do, trying to do as much as I possibly could from a social media perspective. I then was introduced to you, actually, and then began to scratch a bit more through the surface and, and understand um, what it meant. Um, I'm still not there yet. I'm still learning an awful lot, trying to understand the relevance of, of what it is to me and visibility and uh, how I can use it positively. Okay, so let's give us a rundown then. Here we are. What does PR mean to you now? Where, where can people find you, I guess, what is what I'm asking? Where are you visible? 
Well, where am I visible? I'm trying to get out there, more and more networking groups, Cotswold Networking, Business Exchange is in my, is in my sites. So from a, a person-to-person perspective, uh, I'm trying to get out and, and meet more businesses, more people, more individuals. Um, that's, that's been a, you know, actually last year as well, uh, last 18 months, networking has been a, a real eye-opener for me and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Obviously, my website, obviously social media. I've got a new website that I um, uh, had put together by someone who I met through um, networking, uh, Black Neighbors with Designs. Yes, those are sort of the main areas, uh, the, the, the main places that you'll, you'll find me. The other thing I wanted to ask you about PR, Dave, is did you appreciate, do you think, when you started out, how important you and your personality would be alongside the brand itself of Truffle and Time? Never. <laughs> I, 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 it was, <laughs> this is, this is come from you, uh, Fee. People buy from people. And that was a phrase that I'd never heard before. And then I heard you say it. And then it's, it was suddenly like it all became clear. That's why I needed to, I needed to get out there. There's, there's one thing having a digital digital visibility, but that only goes so far. You know, now I get out there as much as I possibly can to sort of back that up, and then people can make the link. They see the name Truffle and Time, but when they they meet you as a person, and you start to learn a little bit more about their business, and that's where the the magic happens, if you like. Um, and you know, there's no there's no it's, it's a long game with all, with all of this. Um, entering a room of people um, who are all in the same boat as you. They're all trying to, to um, get out and know a little bit about other people and what's going on in the market. And it can be quite daunting um, a lot of the time, but um, it, it's, it's so worth it from a, from a person-to-person basis, understanding and appreciating um, and listening to other people's stories about how they got into business and where they are now, uh, whether they're well, like you, fifteen years down the line, or they they might have just started, or you know, it's really fascinating li- listening to other people's stories, uh, uh, and then from there, you know, the re- relationships that 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 grow. I'm so glad when I heard you say that people buy from people, Dave, get out there and, and meet people that um, uh, I listened to that and, you know, it, it's been a uh, been great ever since, really. I think that the hardest thing is that to understand that PR isn't one thing, it's lots of things. Finding the bits that work for you and what you can afford to do, particularly in the beginning. So, you see, I look at your brand, Truffle and Time, which I think is brilliant because immediately when you hear that, you kind of know the kind of thing you're going to get. It's not Sarnies and sausage rolls. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So you yeah. kind of, the price point is almost set by the image, but that on its own is not enough. No. It's the personality of Dave and, and this thing of building your own community and the rest will come because in every single community, there will be people who know people elsewhere yes. who might yes. want your thing. Because actually you deliver to quite a wide area, don't you, Dave? Tell me about that. Yes, yeah. Uh, being based in North Wiltshire, the border of Gloucestershire, not far away. So I go all the way up to Sirencester and beyond. Um, I did a canopy do for a, a shop launch actually in Broadway, which is Worcestershire. Um, so that's the catering side of the business. And then I go as far south to Bath and Somerset, and then I go across to Marlborough. Uh, that's that's all sort of my patch, if you like, my regular 
patch, uh, weddings in South Wiltshire, down at Stourhead, 11 months of the year. That's my sort of regular patch, if you like. And then, and then of course, Christmas comes around and um, I have a far wider reach um, for, for all of my deliveries for my, for my Christmas hampers. And yes, it's, it's four year, four Christmases of zigzagging across the countryside, uh, making sure that, you know, all those Christmas deliveries are made, not wavering on handing over to other delivery companies that might leave it behind a bush or in a dustbin. Or um, I like to make sure that they all get delivered to, to whom and when they're supposed to be delivered as well. Very important to me and in pristine condition as well. And in 2024, what new things or what changes do you think you might make within the business then, Dave? Well, there's... Uh, looking forward to 2024 and um, what might I'm looking at getting involved with in as, as a development of the business. I'm, I'm being approached a lot by food festivals um, for having a, a, a stand. And I think that might now be a, a next development for, for Truffle and Time. Um, looking at having a, a team that will go out uh, to Blenheim Palace Food Festival um, places like that but uh, the Bath and West um, as well that will be their job to, to head out and um, create an offering surrounding that uh, grazing cups um, sweet and savory that will still show off what I do and what I offer um, but provide someone with something delicious um, to, to, to buy as well so I think that's that's the aim for 2024 um more events more grazing boxes more hampers obviously um but so far as developing the business i think that's going to be the next the next generation if you like oh i shall look forward to that then dave when i first started doing events which were business shows in my case i chose just two for the first year just to see because it's a lot of effort it's effort dressing your space to make it attractive for people to come along it's effort to work out an offer say for the day that pulls people in to give you that email to get you on the email list and to get them to purchase on the day and build those relationships and even to man the stand so that you have enough people so that someone like you if you were there can go off and meet people and meet and greet or just really simple stuff like you have at least two people so someone can go to the loo and yeah. people like that, things like that get forgotten. But a massive event, I don't know, like a big food festival at Belenham Palace or someone like the Bath and West Showground, that might take half an hour. Yes, <laughs> you're quite right. <laughs> people forget these little things. Yeah. But um, yeah. I shall, I'm blessed to work with you, Dave, uh, and, to, and to know you. And I wish you all the success in 2024. I'll definitely have you back on to see how it all went. But um, for anyone listening in today who wants to find out a bit more about you and Truffle and Time, where can you be found? Uh, so um, I've got a heavy presence on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, just look up Truffle and Time. And then obviously website, uh, all current and up to date as well. So that will give you an instant snapshot as to what we're, what we're doing currently and um, what you might be able to buy or get from us. And if someone visits and they think, oh, but Dave isn't in my patch, but I'm in the UK, is it worth them getting in contact with you anyway? Always worth conversation. I never say no. Um, I, I love a chat. And if I, if I can't help, I'm sure I'll be able to put them in the right direction uh, because I'll, I, uh, there are other people who I know um, who work in the industry across the country who I would recommend. 
marvellous. Thank you so much, Dave. Pleasure. It's been lovely Have chatting you. to you. Thanks so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. That's Dave Nelson of Truffle and Time. Hop off and see what he's all about and what he can offer. My name's been Fiona Scott. If you want to find me, I'm at www.scottmedia.uk or you can hop onto Facebook and join my Facebook group, Fiona Scott's PR Tribe. I'd love to welcome you there. And I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram and regular spot under Scott Media on Facebook. Have a great week and I look forward to speaking to you in a couple of weeks' time.